So I want to start this episode by saying sorry if our audio is crap because every week I feel like we have issues with trying to get it sound, trying to get it, get it. Hey, (laughs) we're the No Contact Club. Does anybody want to come on our show to be an editor but you won't get paid because <laughs> we can't afford to. We don't. We don't pay we ourselves. We don't have money. So, so but just out of the goodness of your heart, I'm just sick of putting up episodes where the audio is different al- from. There's always something. Yeah, there's always something, and it's just annoying. We're just really good at podcasting. We say this every week, and it's true. Yeah. Um. So last our last episode was really cool. Um, interviewing Amy, and the response was so so nice. Everybody was so nice. Yeah. Yeah, they really did. I feel like I feel like we got a really good response to that yeah. episode. Like just in general way. Eh? A lot of feedback from it saying like I really loved this one. I'm so glad that you were doing it on parenthood. Yeah. Which I think this definitely shows that we need to do more on that, yeah. Yeah. Get more people on. And just do do an episode on parenting itself. Yeah, definitely. Between the two of us and, and do some research and do, do it. what we can. Mm. <laughs> um but yeah, if there's anyone that that you I have asked a couple of times on Instagram for people to suggest like people that we could talk to but yeah if you do have anyone um or if anyone wants to come on and talk about their experiences yeah just let us just let us know yeah absolutely because I think it was it was awesome being able to be like here's this person here's a resource that she can provide yeah for you guys that's helpful yeah yeah absolutely so I think we'll probably keep our beginning chit chat um short because it's uh, episodes kind of long today but we did want to mention the survey again that the link is still in the show notes if you do want to fill it in that and you can find it on our socials as well yep and then um we're also at the end of the episode we're gonna each mention a listener email that that we want to share and and have a little discussion about them (laughs) yeah from our what is it avid listeners is avid the right word? Yeah. From our avid listeners. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I do want to, I do really want to talk about something though. Yeah. I did think you, I know what it is. Did you see the Karen movie <laughs> trailer? So I didn't see the trailer, but I saw a video picking it apart by D'Angelo Wallace. who's a YouTuber. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's, he's black. And he's like, why would I want to watch a movie about how black people are like racially profiled when I can just go out and experience it? Like, (laughs) why is this a movie? Like, what are your thoughts? I just like, it, it looked interesting Mm. to me as a white person. Yeah. (laughs) As a white person. But it was, I just, I just have this inherent issue with, the whole Karen thing Mm. because I feel like it's almost become a scapegoat term to just call a white for calling a white woman or not a white woman, but calling women crazy. Mm. They call people Karen. They call women Karens when they're, when they're literally like, I've seen videos where it's like Karen goes off and and it's it's literally like, she's justified. Like they're being fucking annoying. Was it TikTok and a person on the train who was just screaming for the hell of it? Like he was like, Oh, I'm trying to piss people off. So he would scream. And then this woman was like, shut the fuck up. And then they're like, Oh my God, what a Karen. It's like, well, no, you're being a dick. Like there's a difference between, between a Karen who racially profiles people, yes, calls the police and yeah. potentially gets just another because black of person someone, murdered. Yeah. But yeah. It, I don't know. It just feels inherently like borderline misogynistic to me. Yeah. Now that makes sense. It's like, I know how, I know how it started and the, the, the whole Karen thing when it, when it started was, 
it is a huge issue of of white women yeah acting this way using their tears in a way that that um weaponizing them yeah weaponizing their tears and being like oh you need to prove that you live here like kind of thing i know which is fucked Mm. but i just feel like there's this inherent misogynistic tinge to it where i'm like i can see there's no there's no word for male karens i know people some people call them kevins or something like yeah that. yeah but it, but it's it doesn't have the same impact it doesn't have the historical kind of oppression behind it of women yeah so it's yeah. like i don't know we should yeah. just call them racists i know <laughs> like that's assholes. the other side of it is that i feel like it almost it's too easy to to write them off as a karen rather than being like that was fucked up and racist and and, and this is oppressive. Their name and, yeah. And they shouldn't. Be. Rather than like, oh, it's just another Karen. Like, it, it should be more like, that was racist and you need to, like, face consequences for that. Yeah. It, um, I don't know. It's just, I just always get really icky. Yeah. As soon as I saw the, as soon as I saw the name, I was just like, oh, this is just really icky. And also, we don't need a movie about it. Like, it just feels like it's look very at real life. not needed. <laughs> just look at real life. I know. And also, apparently, there are people saying that it. I mean, how people would know this immediately from just a trailer, but mm. they but they were saying it kind of reminds them of Get Out, the movie Get Out. Have you seen it? No, I haven't, but I know the It's like, real. Premise. It's such a good movie. Yeah. But um, – um, I was just told today by Craig that um, Jordan Peele's making another movie. I think he's redoing Candyman. <gasps> I know. Oh, my God. I haven't watched the trailer yet, but it okay. should be good. Okay, well, I'm very If he's doing it, then it'll, it'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, anyway, now that I've ranted about <laughs> Karen's, you Karen. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, all right. Well, we'll get into it because I think it's probably going to be a bit of a long, a longer long-ish. than normal. Yeah, let's get into it. Welcome to the No Contact Club. While we are knowledgeable about the topics we discuss because of our collective experiences, we aren't professionals. We research what we talk about, and our references are in the show notes. However, our episodes are not a replacement for professional medical help or advice. Our content can often be triggering or upsetting, so please, if you feel like you need support, you can reach out to us at thenocontactclub at gmail.com or see the links in the show notes. So we're starting this episode with some context, I guess, surrounding the survey that we released, which we've mentioned earlier. And, you know, we wanted to get, like, feedback from you guys, see how you think we're doing, what's working, what isn't, you know. What you want to hear more or less yeah, of yeah. kind of thing. And, yeah, thank you to everybody who's filled that in. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely been helpful. But <laughs> it seems that one of our, my, our mother's, my mother's, our mother's flying monkeys found it, our sister. Yeah, and, l- like, let's be clear, it was only a matter of time before someone on that, you know, side, not that there's sides, but on that side messaged or emailed us, you know, we're very aware that this is a public forum and, you know, we've pretty much been waiting for something like this to happen, I reckon. Yeah. And we kind of went back and forth as to whether or not we would talk about this on here. But mm. the main thing for us with this podcast is that we're honest with you guys about mm. being no contact and how it yeah. impacts us. Cause we've always tried to be as vulnerable as we can 
on this podcast, especially with our journey with the podcast itself mm. and being no contact. Yeah. And I think it's super important to make sure that we're being as real as we can be, I guess. Yeah. And like in an ideal world, we'd sit here and be like, hey, we found the way to fix all your mental health problems mm. and how to deal with childhood trauma and narcissistic parents. But like, you know, the reality is that there's no fix all and there's no like linear path or like cookie cutter recipe to dealing with this stuff and every situation has highs and every situation has lows <laughs> yes and especially as i'm sure a lot of people on here uh, listening to this podcast would know being no contact does come with opinions and repercussions from flying monkeys <laughs> which we definitely want to do an episode on yes absolutely so essentially what we're trying to do is go on this journey journey together with you and that means being vulnerable and sharing the potentially messy parts of ourselves on here yeah and like like we said we're not we're not stupid like we know this is a very public podcast and it was essentially just a matter of time before someone reached out to us from our family you know giving, giving us their, their, thoughts, their thoughts which we've had before in the past as well yeah yeah um and we're not saying people can't have opinions about what we're doing or, you know, no. what we're saying, but we, what we aren't accepting is gaslighting or breaking yeah. of boundaries or people telling us how we should be dealing or addressing yeah. our trauma. Exactly. Um, that's something that is just not acceptable to no. us. So yeah, our, our sister responded to our survey with some not very kind words. Um, and we're not going to read out what she said. It's more the fact that she reached out like this was a very convenient segue <laughs> into the yeah. next couple of episodes. Yeah, um, so, so this episode and the next are going to be like a two-part series on the repercussions of having a narcissistic parent. The first episode, this one, will be covering mental health repercussions and some physical reper repercussions, I think, in mm, some ways. Yeah. Um, and then the next part we'll be doing like social repercussions, especially after going no contact. Yeah, so we'll go a little bit more into detail about the message sort of thing and, and kind of pick it apart almost. Um, yeah, so like by social repercussions, we mean like what happens within the dynamic of your family, extended family, friends, like when you cut contact or even go low contact. Yeah, which is why funnily enough that with our sister's response to our survey and the the words that she shared with yeah. us <laughs> um it fit well into this episode and and mainly next week's episode yeah. on social repercussions yeah, 100% so yeah so repercussions this is something i've been wanting to talk about for a while and i actually wrote like the first like couple of paragraphs of this episode last year and then, like, a day later, I found out that Porsche was in the side cord. So I was like, oh, <laughs> maybe put this one on hold. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been, like, sitting in my doc and in, in Google Docs just, like, waiting. Waiting. <laughs> waiting until it was fine. And now it's been over a year, so I think we're pretty much fine. Yeah, and it's more just, like, we've done other stuff first. But, yeah, it's also been requested a lot. So, yeah, I think it's become also more relevant now because of this backlash that we've received so. and the backlash that we've received previously yes all the backlash <laughs> so one of the reasons that this episode came about outside of our own 
uh, like mental health issues is a podcast called Your Anxiety Toolkit. It's by Kimberly Quinlan, I think is how you say her last name. Um, and I listened to this literally a year ago. I should actually re-listen. It's a very good episode. But one particular episode really stuck with me called Perfectly Hidden Depression. And in that, she talks to Dr. Margaret Robinson Rutherford, who's an author of this amazing sounding book that I still have not read called Perfectly Hidden Depression, How to Break Free from Perfectionism, Find Self-Acceptance, and Live a Happier Life. And there couldn't be a longer title. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, so the episode, the podcast episode is amazing. And if you do have have time like please listen to it I think it's a long one like maybe an hour and a half to two hours but yeah um if you do have time like we'll link it in the show notes but yeah it just kind of made me think about my own journey with mental illness and like mm. my view of it over time and then like obviously once you went crazy no I'm just joking <laughs> I've always <laughs> remained crazy <laughs> Um, yeah it kind of became more relevant but yeah yeah I well I don't think it's any secret that um, when you grow up with a parent who is narcissistic or Mm. abusive or Mm -hmm. you grow up in a household that's really chaotic or tense or toxic, that you are going to see some mental health repercussions from this. Yeah. Um, And between, like, just from what we were going off, but between the two of us, there's, we have a fair (laughs) share. Yeah, and then if you include our other sisters too, I mean, we can't diagnose them, but... Anyway, <laughs> we're professionals. Yeah, we are. We are. Um, so let's break it down a little. Your mother is a narcissist. You're constantly on guard as a child. You don't know whether she's going to be treating you as the golden child today or the scapegoat. Not that you know those terms. Yeah, yeah. Maybe she's an alcoholic. Maybe she's a drug addict or something else. Maybe she's physically abusive or neglectful or mm. cruel. You're constantly on high alert. And this kind of means that your body is in a near constant state of stress. Yeah. And this is something that I learned about through my diploma last year, which at first I was like, why the fuck am I learning all these like um, technical terms for like cortisol and like all the different like, mm. um, like body functions. Yeah. And, and I was like, responses. why am I learning this? But like, Lasting stress has like horrible impacts on your body because like basically your brain senses something scary, like a car pulls out in front of you or, you know, somebody shouts boo and your body immediately is like, okay, I'm going to, you're focused, you're alert, your heart's beating quickly. We're trying to figure out how you can survive. And then once you sort of figure out, oh, the car's driven away. Oh, it's just gone. Yeah. It was just my friend saying boo. Your brain's like, okay, that's fine. Like we're all right now. Let's slow the heart rate down. Like you can calm down. Yeah, um, and the stress hormones, when when that threat, when your body registers that that threat is gone, your stress hormones in your body, they'll lower too. Yeah. But yeah. when you're in a constant state of stress, like in an abusive household or a really tense household, yeah. your stress hormones are constantly elevated. And your blood pressure and your heart rate, yep. it can be elevated too. And that all takes a toll on the body. Yeah, and surprise, surprise. It leads to, well, can lead to anxiety as an adult. <laughs> yeah. And um, as a, like, anxiety can present in children as well. And oh, most likely course, they will yeah. be very anxious. But as a child, anxiety in kids is often seen in physical ways, such as like a funny or, or sore tummy yeah. or um, wetting the bed. You know, they can't quite verbalize what they're feeling, but their body can. Yeah. And you can bet that children in homes like these are, are definitely oh, yeah. anxious. Yeah, definitely. It's also so common, and we've probably mentioned this um, probably in passing, but for the child to turn that inwards and blame themselves, like mm. if I was quiet, if I was 
better behaved or smarter than my parents wouldn't, you know, my mum or my dad or whoever wouldn't yell at me all the time or, you know, and whatever I guess that, it is. I guess that kind of come also turns around to how kids learn, how kids are conditioned at a small age to mm. act a certain way, to be be a people pleaser or to, to yeah. you know, I, if I act a certain way, like being better behaved or being smarter, then my parents won't do X response. And so that's yeah. kind of how you end up anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. And I guess turning that criticism inward leads to <laughs> low self-esteem. Yeah, and low <laughs> low self-worth. Yeah, yeah. Another common repercussion of growing up in a home like this. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose we should mention these aren't like these things aren't specific to having a narcissistic mother or a narcissistic dad or whatever, you know, there are those who have anxiety as an adult and didn't experience a chaotic, toxic household growing mm. up. So, you know, your experiences are just as valid. Yeah, if yeah. you haven't experienced what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, yeah. It's just as important. And yeah, that low self-worth can also be a direct result of conditional love. Like you're loved conditionally and it results in this, deep deep like insecurity you just can't you don't see yourself as lovable and, and worthy mm. you know um children and adults sort of coming from these types of homes can also grow to be really hypersensitive which i know is something for me like that i experienced because that's how you grew up like being so aware of the moods yeah. in the house because that's what kept you safe if you could anticipate that dad's coming home and he sounds like by the, like the, the slamming of the door, yeah. you know, or the sound of something being put put down tells you that that person's in a bad mood. You're like, yeah. okay. You, you get this like hypervigilance where yeah. the sound of someone's footsteps walking up the, walking up the stairs or whatever, you you're like, know. oh, I'm in trouble now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You, it's, yeah, it's, it's stressful. I want to also talk about, this is kind of relevant to what um, my therapist and I were talking about as I usually <laughs> pass on pass he on. needs to come on he should just be a third person yeah <laughs> um, but he was talking about how just briefly trigger warning for sexual assault mm. um but he talks about how growing up in this high stress environment mm -hmm. your body just slowly just starts getting used to this this high level yes, of stress that's right and slowly it starts needing more um like more of a stimulant mm -hmm. in order to register something as a threat. So like one of my past exes, I had a very unfortunate experience with him. Um, and at the time I was, I didn't register what was going on. Like I didn't yeah. register that, that, that this was not non-consensual. Mm. I just thought I'd like it. It wasn't, it wasn't, like it's hard to explain. Like it wasn't something where I'm like, holy crap, this is a really dangerous situation. It was only afterwards where I was like, ah, oh, hang that on, that was a dangerous okay. situation. And yeah. he was saying that sometimes this can happen when you've, when you have all these little traumas building up on top of each other. So suddenly you, you're not registering things as threats when they should really be yeah. threatening. Which but I, I know that's not like, for everybody. Cause I know that some people do are, are hyper. Yeah. Yeah. Alert. No, but it's, it's, I think that's important because there might be, there's probably, you know, people listening who have that similar sort of experience. Reaction. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So what have we, what have we ticked so far? We've ticked low self-worth or low self-esteem or mm -hmm. both anxiety. And the next one's probably no surprise, depression. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, like depression, I think can be a bit of an umbrella term for things like yeah. they can be just standard 
depression. Yeah. <laughs> but if, if there ever is a standard depression or then, then it can, or it can, wow, I can't talk. <laughs> Or it can be tied into other things like BPD, yeah. um, which we're going to be talking about later on the end. with uh, email at the end. Oh, yeah, that's right. We are too. There's this really good book that, once again, I haven't finished. It's called The Body Keeps the Score, and it's by uh, Bessel van der Kolk, which I hope I pronounced that okay. I always see it recommended in like support groups and stuff. It's like even on TikTok, like everybody's like, read this book, but you had a lot of people are like, you have to be like emotionally ready to read the book. Like yeah. you can't, it's cause it's quite confronting. Mm. Um, but it talks about, feeling, I've heard a lot about this book. Yeah. Same. But it talks a lot about feeling safe with other people and how that's probably the single most important aspect of someone's mental health is feeling safe. As in um, like feeling safe growing up and stuff. Yeah. 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 And like, I guess it just as an adult as well. Yeah. And I think that's, it's easy to see why, like when you feel safe and supported and loved, of course your mm. mental health is kind of going to reflect that. And I think that's one thing that people with narcissistic parents or abusive parents or whatever as adults can really struggle to sit with is, mm. is learning to trust people again. Like oh, it yeah. took me like nearly two years of therapy to, to finally like settle into a, into a like mode of, okay, I can trust this guy. Like he's not going to fuck me over or like, yeah. and I guess even like choosing family and, and, you know, friends and choosing your people that you, yeah that are safe yeah. for you. you exactly. Know? And, and, and that, and learning that it's okay to like need people or trust people. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, the, I feel like this is call out. <laughs> yeah. No, unfortunately, no. There's this really good quote from Psychology Today, and it says we all we all develop in context, and like I can't stress that enough. Like our overall development is impacted by like our home life mm. and school or work, family, friends, like the environment, historical stuff. Yeah. Like- yeah, especially, Ethnicity. exactly, like, people of color, like, generational trauma and the environment around you, like, your local community, but Cultural. also, like, um, uh, on, like, a bigger scale of, like, countrywide, like, politics and policies, like, we're always picking up information everywhere from everywhere around us and absorbing like different dynamics and ideas and like yeah oh this is like you're like preaching to the choir right now i know because i'm i'm studying sociology and it's honestly this is like one of the lines that you use in sociology is you're taking context seriously yeah so you're looking at something and going okay i may a person may act this way but like what are the what are the societal factors involved here exactly that that affect this and i feel like this is kind of going into what you're saying where it's yeah. like where it's like of course you're your own person of course you have your own personal issues yeah but but there's also this whole other world behind it where you're like okay um, like we don't exist in a vacuum yeah we don't exist in a vacuum and and it's like you think about okay for example the Christchurch earthquakes mm. P- people being born like children or whatever experiencing that it's like I don't know what I'm saying with this <laughs> Like, like, like if a child has anxiety, Mm. you can go, why have you got anxiety? Like you have nothing to be anxious about, but actually when they were young, they experienced a a huge earthquake and a traumatic event like that. So it's like, it's like you develop your personality based on the stuff that's being provided to you. So I, we do a lot of this in my, um, bachelors and basically 
bachelors do people do bachelors overseas i think so okay. bachelor is i'm studying but um basically western like theories of like psychology and development are like completely like they used to be like no society and environment that has nothing to do with a child's development like <laughs> it's all in if you breastfeed them or bottle feed them whereas, like it's a lot more naturalizing yeah than, than it is like yeah whereas now you know we're more aware but there's this really good um um maori model of health it's called te whare tapafa and it basically it 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 has a picture of a whare or a house and it's got the walls and the foundation and the roof and it's basically like if one of those walls isn't strong then your house isn't going to stand mm. and the house kind of represents like your overall health and the foundation is like your family and then yeah. the walls are like spiritual health um I should know this um but all, <laughs> all sort of aspects and it's like you know if you have one aspect of your health like um, spiritual health for example that's not strong it's not going to help and i mean that's spiritual as in what it means to you to be spiritual yeah, whether that's religion or yeah thing. but yeah it's quite it's it's uh, we've just gone on a massive ta- tangent but yeah it's basically like you you exist in this world not on your own in a vacuum where nothing else happens to you like yeah. everything impacts our development yeah there's i mean it's like I don't know. I, I feel like I could talk about this for so I know it's for quite so long because I just I just really find it interesting. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> so if you grew up in a chaotic home, it's not a surprise that you're now an adult with depression or anxiety or a number of other, of other mental health issues. Yeah, well, here's a list I found. Right, so anxiety, depression, insomnia, migraines, chronic fatigue syndrome, addiction, heart problems. That's literally just like a few. Yeah, it's like eating um, disorders, personality disorders. Yeah. Um, what else? <laughs> PTSD. Yeah, CPTSD. CPTSD. Yeah. Yeah. Another. Uh, another is being at risk for further trauma. So mm. you know these patterns we learn as children repeat until we break the cycle. So yeah. it's not uncommon for adult children of narcissists to fall into relationships that repeat similar patterns to those they had with their parents. Yeah, and like that's not us. Obviously, that's not us saying that we that people choose these relationships or choose to repeat these patterns like not at all but we do replicate and repeat what we know Mm. and without even realizing it and sometimes when we're coming out of these toxic uh, sorry toxic abusive um, childhood experiences we move into adult relationships and we subconsciously repeat these roles without you know subconsciously without realizing yeah and i i know that i have like Mm. you know it's only with and it's only with hindsight that i'm kind of like okay, I actually recognize these patterns in so many relationships I've had, whether they're romantic relationships or platonic or whatever. Like I can see so many patterns through my life where I'm like, hang on, I was just, and once I was just repeating the roles that, that I have been taught as a child. Yeah. And once you see it, you're like, Oh shit. Like you're like, I got a problem. I know. So like one thing that followed me, (laughs) one thing that followed me is control. Like I controlled mom as best as a kid could like putting her to bed or driving her to get alcohol when she was drunk or hiding her keys. And that's what kept me safe and kept my sisters safe. Yeah. But those patterns of control like stayed and they impacted my relationships up until literally a few months ago when it kind of, came to a head with an, an important relationship in my life. And I was completely unaware. Like yeah. we kind of briefly touched on this and I don't really want to go into it, but it was just like all of a sudden I was 
horribly aware that I was acting in the same way as my mum did and was someone who I care so deeply about, not to mention others involved in the situation. But, mm. you know, it's taken like three solid months or so of therapy and learning about myself to get to a point where I know that that pattern's broken. But I also know that, you know, I I have to – that I have to be aware of, of – yeah the ways in which my childhood can impact like me, the, like, you know. Like the, it's like the, what is it? The ghosts and the something, something. Skeleton, what? The ghosts? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, I think that's, I think also that's why therapy and putting in the work to uncover all these patterns that have followed you into adulthood is so important because yeah. you can begin to recognize certain behaviors. So yep. instead of like, being reflective and being like oh oh yeah this this thing did happen damn that's a shame like I can't do anything about it now you'll begin to see these moments playing out in real time and this level of mindfulness will kick in where you're like actually no I'm making an active decision right now to not do this again yeah well that's I had like an exact experience like that I'm not going to go into detail but I was like triggered and I actively was like I'm not going to do this Uh, in the past. I would have done this and I'm not going to do that now. I'm going to instead, you know, reach out, get myself out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that like mindfulness and reflexive behavior is such a huge thing to work towards because often as children and even as traumatized adults, we're living in this like higher state of fear or stress. And it's so easy to become inherently reactive to things. And it's so hard to regulate those emotions or like regulate how we approach obstacles or situations. So working towards being mindful of your situation and, and how your and your responses and yeah, your triggers is is massive. Yeah, I also think as kids, like when you have abusive parents or toxic parents or absent parents or whatever, mm. you're you're never really taught to regulate your emotions, nah. like ever. For us, we definitely weren't. No. Um, and you know that can follow you and will follow you into yeah. adulthood, like whether that's through personality disorders like BPD, which are famous for you know, not having or for having emotional dysregulation yeah. all the time. Yeah. You know, people with BPD, we often feel our emotions so hugely that we find it hard to regulate and respond appropriate appropriately to the situation at hand. And I've seen so many instances where I've done this where where <laughs> like it's it's happened less now, but I expect it will happen in the future as well. Well, I can think of one when you went into the psych ward and you were like, that's it. I'm not seeing my therapist anymore. I'm done. I don't need to see him. (laughs) And then you were like, I remember you telling me that you text him and you're like, um, (laughs) I wasn't serious. (laughs) 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 No, he's a good therapist. There, There was also another situation where, um, this, this kind of like not realizing that you're, reacting inappropriately mm-hmm. at an inappropriate level to the situation at hand where I was like, we were, I was like with some friends and we're having a conversation about, I don't know, it was something about like how men are trash. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was around that kind of conversation, just men are trash and everyone's getting like really like, um, emphatic about it. They're yeah. like, yeah, like da da da. And then I was just like, I got so pissed off and I was like, you know, fuck this guy. <laughs> And just getting really like overly heated. And I'm like, this is like full on, like in my, in my feels. And I'm like, 
pacing. Oh my god! And I'm like, you know, like fuck this guy. He doesn't even fucking like so angry. And then afterwards, I'm in the car driving home, and I'm, and I'm like, <sighs> I really didn't need to go that hard. Like, oh it was, my god! It, like. I, I like text people afterwards. I'm like, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I was just getting really into the conversation. Into yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I can kind of come into like impulse control as well. Like yeah. I suppose impulse control can be like around like spending money or like quitting your job or ending a relationship with your therapist maybe. <laughs> Um, but there's, there's like, I, I know some, I, I'm just going into like toxic, toxic borderline behavior, but there have been so many times where I've been like, I, do you remember that time that I quit a job and said, I'm, I just emailed them cause I didn't want to work there anymore. I just emailed them. And I was like, I, I literally, it's kind of ironic considering that like a few years later I got diagnosed with BPD and, yeah. and went to a psych ward and stuff. But I was like, I'm really sorry, but I'm mentally unwell and I'm not coming back into work. This is my notice effective immediately. And they were like trying to call me being like, Portia, are you okay? Like what's going like, on? I'm fine. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. I'll get too emotional. <laughs> And it was like an overnight decision of like, I'm not doing this job anymore. Oh my God. Anyway, I'm Um, a healthy person. (laughs) No, but you're not in that position anymore. Like, like you're much healthier now. Um, But yeah, no. So impulse control, like and impulsive decisions and stuff. I think that's where like mindfulness or recognition of these patterns can, can come in handy. Yeah. I really want to, um, I really want to do an episode surrounding food and narcissistic parents because like disordered eating, self-image and stuff and weight and everything. Cause I feel like those have a huge place within narcissistic families, like, and especially to do with that impulse control thing. Yeah. I think, I think, um, I know for us, like that's a huge thing. I think that it would be a big one. Like we'd almost have to do it in two parts because our relationship to food it was definitely an issue growing up and I think you know we'd have to really but it but I also know it's very common like in these Facebook groups we're in how many times do we see like my mom always called me fat growing up and now I'm happy and confident in my size or you know which is amazing but it's a like common theme that like it's such you know, a- just to give you a taster, mum would constantly go on diets and she would just not eat. Like that was her diet. She wouldn't eat or she'd only yeah. eat dinner and that was it. Yeah. So it's. And she, I, okay. So for context, I am bulimic, not like actively anymore, but like, but like. It's okay. Yeah. You don't have to explain. <laughs> um, and I, like growing up, I remember her saying like we were in the car um, with mum and our stepdad and I think it was just me mm. and we were, we were driving. I remember we were pulling out of some shopping mall or something and we drove past this woman who was super skinny, like mm. really skinny. And I think the other night we'd been watching something to do with eating or, or whatever. Yeah. And at this time I was literally like starving myself and mm. making myself throw up my dinner and stuff. Jesus. And, and I remember sitting in the car and her looking at the skinny person being like, <laughs> I wish I was anorexic. Oh my God. Yeah. 
I, I, I still recall that to this day and I wanted to be like, <laughs> little do you know. <laughs> yeah. It's so fucked up. Yeah. Like I remember she'd always tell us to suck our gut in, especially if she was, if, especially if she was like, we were taking a photo, but just in general, suck your gut in. Yeah. And I started so for a child to I know. internalize why, that. Why? Why? And a part of me is like, well, I'm sure she had that growing up. Like we all grow up in like diet culture and like, yeah, absolutely. You know, like we're saying people grow up in context. Exactly. So, like, you know, she's grown up cause she, she, she's like that cause she's heard it, whatever. But, mm. but anyway, but yeah, we should, we should definitely do an episode on, um, on food. Yes. <laughs> so I think we're going to yeah, finish probably, up here. Probably finish now. There's, we have, I mean, there's so much more that we can talk about on this and mm. I really like the next episode is going to go deeper into sort of the social like things social but also side. I think we'll include some more of the mental health stuff because there's so much that we didn't cover yeah, in this episode that I think is important for us to cover yeah I mean we could almost do like a never ending series but um, yeah there's definitely great resources out there like if anyone wants to look into this further um, like Psychology Today or Medium, they've always got some really good... Those are websites. Websites, <laughs> yeah. They've always got some really good articles, really insightful articles on narcissism and things. Yeah, you can literally type in anything you want into into Google and psychology, to, like about narcissistic yeah, and parents psych, or whatever. Psych Today is usually like the first one to come yeah, up. Yeah, and they, they have, but they have some really, they're really um, credible, yeah, credible sources. Yeah. It's not like Tumblr. Where it's like no. if you or, or like on TikTok where oh, it's like don't. if you listen to this to this sound and you can pick out one of the words that they're saying over top of all these other words, you have ADHD. It's like wow, thank you, thank like, you for diagnosing me, would, random person on TikTok. Yeah, and it's annoying because I know how bullshit it is, but I still get sucked in. I'm like, do I have ADHD? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll be like, I can I can tell what they're saying. Maybe I do. <laughs> I mean, it's probably nonsense, but what if I am? There's yeah. also podcasts. What are the podcasts? Um, Inner Integration. That's right. And Dr. Romani. So if you're sick of our <laughs> annoying Kiwi accents, um, both of these are on YouTube and Spotify and stuff as well. But yeah. they're, they're really, really good. They're, and they're both really likable people yeah. as well. Like yeah. they're very warming, yeah, I feel like, to are. listen to. Yeah. Um, and while we're on that recommendation spree, um, there's also the Facebook groups that me and Porsche are a part of. So the first is called the sisterhood daughters of narcissistic and abusive mothers. And the second is called daughters of abusive mothers. They're both really good. Yeah. I, I quite often will go on there and, and just repost and stuff. Yeah. yeah it's, and it's kind of nice to like relate to other people, I guess. Yeah. It's just, it's quite, um, and also validating also like it's, I've never realized that it, that it was a thing, but like so many people re recommend us on those I pages. Know, it's so nice. It's so okay, awesome. We should shout out Michelle, this lady called Michelle, who's so nice. And like, every time someone's like, anybody got any podcasts, right? She'll She's like this one. <laughs> She's like, listen to the no contact club, this episode. She's so It'll nice. Help you with this. Like, yeah. Literally. I can, and I see her often on these pages, like recommending other resources. As yeah, well. like she's someone, really lovely. Yeah, so thank you, Michelle. We I know. Love you. <laughs> we love you lots and lots. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I think we're going to take a little break and come back and read some listener emails. Okay. All 
Okay, welcome back. So we are going to be reading some emails from our listeners. If you do want to send us an email yourself, feel free to, uh, feel free to throw one our way. You can reach us at the no contact club at gmail.com. And all of the emails uh, that we share will be kept anonymous unless you specify in the email that you don't mind us sharing your name. Yeah, and it, of course, if you also don't want us to share your email at all, feel free to let us know and we won't share it. Yeah. Um, not that we share are going to share every email we receive but some of them I think are just important because they mm. might help other people. Yeah, so. absolutely. Uh, so I guess I'll start with mine. Mm-hmm. I just want to preface this as well. Uh, in, in our survey, there was one response saying, I've been thinking about emailing and about my mother, but I'm nervous it'd be too long. To be too long. Mm. And just want to say, <laughs> long is fine. Long is absolutely fine. We, we read them all. Yeah, we read them all and we, we respond to them all eventually. <laughs> <laughs> if we'd like, sometimes it'll take a little bit longer. But yeah, we do we do respond to every email and we do read every email. It doesn't matter if it's too long. If you if you don't want us to share it, that's fine. But if we are going to share it, uh, we'll just edit out yeah, yeah, certain stuff. bits if it is too long. Yeah, and kind of paraphrase. Mm. So... Just uh, before we go ahead with this, just trigger warning, suicide. There is mentions of suicide in this. Uh, I'm reading an email from Carrie. So it starts off, uh, let's just read it. That was a weird (laughs) way to introduce an email. Anyway, from Carrie. Hey, Portia and Chloe. I listen to your podcast almost every day and have listened to episodes 1 to 20 twice. I appreciate that you wonderful ladies started this podcast and I wanted to tell you how much it has helped me in my journey of healing from my narcissistic mother, with whom I have not been in contact with for almost two years. My therapist is the one who told me about your podcast about a month ago and it has been life-changing. Your podcast has helped me finally come to the realization that my boyfriend is a narcissist, boy don't I have a type, (laughs) and see his abuse and gaslighting for what it truly is. It has been an extremely rough couple of weeks but I feel that I've made so much progress in so many different aspects with a lot of it being attributed to you two. Yesterday, I listened to episode 24, Let's Talk 2020, where Portia opened up about the true reason she missed two episodes, having borderline personality disorder. And today, I listened to episode 25, Should You Forgive Your Abuser, and you ladies mentioned how there was absolutely no talking in your household growing up, no discussing of, discussing of emotions or how to properly communicate. Backstory. About a month before my 22nd birthday, I attempted suicide by swallowing as many pills as I could possibly find and was then officially diagnosed with major depressive disorder. My family swept it under the rug. Relate. Yeah. <laughs> My family swept, swept, swept it under the rug, never spoke about it, doesn't ask how I'm currently doing, not okay by the way, and I'm not sure even I'm not even sure if my extended family are aware. This hurt and still hurts more than words could explain. Mm-hmm. I have felt alone my entire life as we did not even discuss the happenings of our days when we sat down to family dinners. My parents were together until I was in college. When I would get upset, hurt or cry, my mum's infamous answer was always buck up. <laughs> which is very similar to mom. Yeah. yeah. Similar to us. I guess her version of shut the fuck up and get over it. Mm. I have very few friends and no long-term friends. I believe that part of this is because my mom kept us away from everyone to include pitting, pitting my sister and I against each other and keeping my dad from his friends. I also attribute my lack of friends in part to the fact that how to communicate with friends or family about absolutely anything was never taught or modeled for me. To this day, my dad, sister, and I only text, and we will sometimes go weeks 
weeks without talking. So you can see why that part of episode 25 really resonated with me. The things that you ladies discuss helped me realize that I, that what I grew up with is not normal and that I also have a lot of work that I need to keep doing to heal from my childhood trauma. I've seen a couple of therapists since my suicide attempt. Attempt. I've moved a few times and did not like one of them. And they seem to believe that I have anxiety disorder, which sometimes contributes to feeling depressed when my anxiety is too much. I was a psychology major in college and obviously learned about all of the mental health disorders. In my journey of healing and trying to find happiness, I have researched my diagnosis and read through the DSM-5 or what are these numbers? DSM-4 or 5 to come to terms with it. But I have never felt at peace with what the therapists have said and have even attempted to self-diagnose with other disorders because we all know how great of an idea that is. Even in all of my research, I have always felt this immense push away from looking into BPD. I don't know why I held such negative attitude towards it, but for some reason I stared clear of any information about it. Since Portia opened up about having BPD, I looked into the diagnostic criteria and let me tell you what, that son of a bitch fits like a glove. (laughs) You only have to have five of the nine symptoms to be diagnosed with BPD and I can clearly see all but two of them in me. Before you say anything, yes, I know I need to talk to my (laughs) therapist about this. This intense clarity is relieving and terrifying at the same time. I've been going through a lot of changes in the past few months and have been struggling with staying afloat. Your podcast has been my saving grace at times, helping me to realize that I deserve better than what I've been tolerating and that I am truly better off without narcissists in my life. I cannot wait to listen to see what you ladies have in store for us. And I hope you continue to see how much of an impact you are having on people around the globe. (laughs) Stay classy, Carrie. P.S. I would totally buy merch. Stay classy on the front with your logo on the back of a racerback tank top. Tank tank top. I'm in. Uh, P.P. P.P.S. <laughs> Feel free to share my words or my name. P.P.P.S. If you've read this far, thank you. As you can, I, I don't know. Okay, so before I go into talking about this, I don't know why. I just really struggle reading stuff word for word off the page. Yeah. And so so I feel like I, I read ahead of myself. So I'm like. <laughs> like your brain's too fast for your mouth. Yeah. Um, so first of all. Thank you for emailing. Yeah, we did um, reply to this email just just for clarity, but um, yeah, we did we did want to share it. Yeah, thank you. That was an amazing story to read. Yeah, and secondly, I think I speak for both of us when we can say that we are so happy that you're still around. Like, yeah. so incredibly happy that you were able to write us this email. We're really proud of you for getting to this point. Like, yeah, and definitely. That you're still here. Uh, thirdly. I just want to say the amount of times that I have that we have heard that therapists are recommending our podcast. Who are these therapists? I know because we know of one therapist recommending, like yeah. personally, no one. Yeah, that's it. Who else? Who like this? Who? Is, please contact us. I think it's wild because I, I it kind of validates that we're talk like we're not talking we're, shit. Yeah, that we're not talking. <laughs> not that shit. we thought we were, but. Yeah, but it's just nice to have a little, little validation. Um, so yeah, I already responded to this email mm-hmm. online, but I wanted to share it further because I I really felt connected to it for obvious mm. obvious reasons. I, I'm guessing because of the talk of BPD and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, but firstly, I, I just want to talk about you were talking about you know you used to self diagnose and da 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 da, and you you feel like you. Uh, what is it connected to sort of Mm. the diagnosis of BPD. And I, and I wanted to share this because I have recently done some 
work on myself, on my thoughts about self-diagnoses. Because I know that it's a huge thing, don't self-diagnose, don't self-diagnose, like you're not supposed to do that. But I kind of have realized that that that's coming from like a little bit of an ableist point of view, I think. I think that it can be really hard for neurodivergent people, for people with mental illness, for people who are raised in a home which does not believe in mental illness, people who are religious maybe. It can be really hard for these kinds of people to receive support and receive a diagnosis from a medical professional. And I kind of, I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, if it's not hurting anybody and it's giving you the answers that you need, then, and, and you resonate with this and you're like, okay, I actually, this is answering a few questions for me or, or raising more questions. I feel like it's like, go with it. Yeah. Trust your, trust your gut. You know yourself inside out. Yeah. I, I just think, I just think, and it, and if the I think you're right and if the opportunity arose that you could go to a doctor or you could go to a psychiatrist or someone who gave you that diagnosis then that's great but if it gives you that peace of mind and helps you deal answer with your, a, yeah, yeah and answer a few questions I think it's really important to 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 give that to yourself because yeah. there I mean it's it's again it goes into that whole thing as well of women who are wanting to seek out mental health diagnoses can be really especially hard especially women of color yeah and men men in in medicine quite often women aren't believed when they say that they're in pain yeah. like it like and again especially women of color yeah so or can, people of color in yeah so okay. i i think it's yeah, yeah. i think and, I'm well, sh- it can also be scary as well like coming to terms with a diagnosis yeah absolutely and so uh, yeah i get what you were saying about how you were kind of wanting to run away from bpd i remember when i was first i when the when the psychiatrist first you know, said those words to me and I, it was like the last thing that I thought yeah. he would be talking about. I like, I can barely remember anything that happened, but, <laughs> but I think it was like the last thing that I, that I thought was going to happen. And I remember reading up about it and I'm like, no, <laughs> like just wanting to run away from it. The as, psychiatrist knows nothing. <laughs> yeah. I, like I wanted to just run away from it, but I think, there's a reason for that and that's because it was kind of hitting the mark and I think that's possibly the same here I also wanted to talk about you were saying you know you've you've made a lot of progress that's fucking awesome yeah but you put I okay so you you know a lot of progress and then you've put a lot of it attributed to you two like us yeah like us and Mm. I just want to say no no it's because of you the doing the work to heal from your childhood and to, you know, better yourself mentally and mm-hmm. to get to a place where you don't want to kill yourself or, or whatever yeah. that can, it, it's awesome to have that facilitated through therapists or podcasts or books or spiritual gurus or religion or mm. whatever you want that, that can really aid in facilitating this growth but the fact of the matter is it's actually you who has to exist, exist in your skin every day yeah. and do the hard work. And, and it's really fucking hard. Yeah. And you should be proud of yourself. Everyone should be proud. Yeah. You know, the amount of people that message us telling us about their journeys and um, what they've been through and where they are today, it's so inspiring and heartwarming. And mm. I'm so happy that we get to share this space with everyone. Yeah. I really want quickly want to say as well that we're going to talk about it more next week, but our sister said something like, I can't believe you think you're 
helping people. Yeah. Or you're delusional if you think you're helping people. And, like, for, for a minute I was like, oh, like, maybe she's right. But then I'm like, no, like, all you have to do is look at these emails and people who tell us, oh, I started going to therapy because you guys said it's a good idea. I'm like, yeah. holy shit. Like, yeah. that's – and it's it, it's weird. Like it, it is it is strange. And it's kind of, you know, it, it's just so inspiring to hear stories like Carrie's to, to show us that people are out there doing the work and they're – they're in it with us. Mm. Like we're, we're in this together. It's not a yep. us kind of preaching to people who are listening, you know, yeah, like over, and, overseas. And that's why we like being honest about like our ups and downs and like you going to the psych ward or whatever, because it's not easy. Like it's yeah. really fucking hard and going no contact is really hard. And, you know, dealing with the repercussions of that mental or otherwise is really fucking hard. So yeah, Carrie, just keep, doing the work yeah you're doing awesome yeah keep keep going to therapy and you know keep doing the work even when it gets harder because Mm. it's going to get harder and i i think we both expect a (laughs) follow-up email from you to let us know that you're doing okay even if it's like from a month from now or a year from now we just want to know that you are okay and that you're that you're still keeping on yeah and all that stuff (laughs) but i also want to um just talk about the survey response mm-hmm. from our sister a little bit just from what you were saying yeah and 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 talk about kind of like because i i think now that the conversation is broached like let's just talk about it yeah. um it kind of was this like moment of are we deluding ourselves doing this podcast yeah she was gaslighting us mm-hmm. and and it just like set in stone this like little seed of doubt where i'm like i don't like how many, like, we gaslight ourselves enough. How many times have I messaged you and been like, did this really happen this way? And you're like, yes, that's how I remember it. That's how you remember it. That's how we remembered it back then. That's how remem- we, remem- we we remember it now. So it's like, I like, don't we need don't someone need- else gaslighting me. Like, I do it enough to myself. Yeah, and I, I, I just want to, I think it's just, please I keep sending emails and keep talking to us and yeah. keep, keep, reaching out and telling us your stories because this is what keeps us going. Yeah. This is what keeps us coming back every two weeks now, every two weeks to, to do this, to, yeah. to do this because we know that people are hearing us and getting what we want them to get from this. Yeah. Cause, and what we like, as in to get what we get from it, you know, yeah. that it's helping us heal and helping us work through stuff. So, yeah. And just to, just to know that we are in this journey with you guys yeah yeah so anyway <laughs> enough of being enough of being soppy yeah so we were gonna do another email at the end but it's quite a long one and the one that um Porsche read was longish as well so this episode's probably one of our <laughs> longest so far yeah but we want to we want to try and read emails at the end of each episode yeah at least a so couple. many people put, gave that as a suggestion on the survey like we would love to hear other, other people's people. stories yep. and everything we're and sick I, of you guys please like <laughs> we're sick of the same old shit let's hear some other people <laughs> so yeah we're definitely gonna be at least one or two yeah yeah, yeah. depending um, how long they are 
<laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll read my one next week and it's a really good one. So stick around. Um, but yeah, so next, uh, the trauma two- is just, is just <laughs> seeping out of the words in that email and it's just so good, juicy. No, I'm joking. Yeah. So our next episode will be part two of this one of repercussions, like social repercussions. And we'll talk a bit more about our sister filling in the survey. And I like, know I kind of jumped the gun yeah, no, by talking about right. it, but I just, I just wanted to elaborate further yeah, on yeah. the um but yeah so as always you can find us at the no contact club on instagram and facebook uh you can email us um the no contact club at Mm gmail.com um and remember to say if you're happy for us to share or if you want to be anonymous um yeah i think that's it yeah thanks for listening stay classy